the Rural Births podcast. This podcast was created to record and share stories from the many rural women who have birthed, to allow them to voice their experience and learn from them. I want rural women who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or entering their postpartum period to feel supported and know that, although care may be via distance, there are options. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced on you and country. We acknowledge the innate birthing wisdoms and traditions held by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of this land. We remember the first women of this nation, the custodians of land and birth, who birthed on country in culture and tradition. Here, as we share in stories, stories of birth, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum experiences from remote, rural and outer regional communities. May we remember and stand for the cultural significance of birth, women's business and birthing on country. May we nurture and support women through this rite of passage as we hear of possibilities ignited and limitations created. May we share in the power of storytelling and memory as we listen and learn from these birth stories. And may we always remember the ancestral wisdoms belonging to the country these birth stories occur on today. today's episode, I speak with Melissa Arnott, who is a mum of three. She's personally had beautiful birth experiences, and she found that there are possibilities in rural birthing. She's from Broome, a town in Western Australia, with a strong feminine energy. The birthing community in Broome is empowered by community, and Melissa contributes to that through her birth work as a doula. She works with women individually and collectively. Her classes are called Womb Wisdom. In these classes, she works with birthing women to help them remember their power. However, she has doulaed women through experiences outside of birth too, working with terminally ill people as they prepare for death. In whichever capacity, when working with women, she is wholly present and guides them to connect to their innate power, passion, sensuality and vitality through every stage of their lives. As a birth doula, Melissa has worked with women as a part of fertility, preconception, pregnancy, pregnancy loss and stillbirth. She has worked in a hospital and home birthing context and knows how to create space for women, transforming medicalised environments into spaces for birthing bliss. 
Melissa's doula work began in 2002. However, although she didn't know at the time, Melissa had doulaed herself through her first birth and postpartum experiences. Doula work is an innate part of Melissa. From the age of 22, when she first moved to Broome and heard the birthing on country stories from local Indigenous elders, Melissa knew that there was a world of possibilities available during birth, and she has tapped into that personally as a doula. She was guided towards this practice. She listened to her life's call and answered. Her experiences in this rural community and in birth have enabled her to cultivate a deep, powerful and personal connection to herself and her feminine power. In this episode, she shares the power of pregnancy, birth and motherhood and how it unlocked the potential within her. I hope you enjoy listening to today's episode. My children are actually older now. My eldest daughter is 20. Um, my second child is 12 and the third is 11. So I had a big gap and then um, two close together. Um, I actually came from Melbourne. I moved over to Broome 27 years ago. Didn't know anyone. I just had a calling to come here. When I landed here, I was um, on my own. Came over as a hairdresser and suddenly began to meet all these people living in Broome, you know, this beautiful Aboriginal culture that we have here. And just walking around the place as a person on my own, I would sit down and talk with people. And I began listening to the stories of the, um, from the old women and they were talking about birthing on country and their family and culture and connection and everything. And so I was like a 22 year old woman at that time and never thought about birth, never thought about having family or anything as you do in your twenties. But I'll never forget that because this is relevant to my whole um, birth story and where I'm at in my life now. Yeah. And those stories of them talking about birthing under trees and particular places around Broome and the Kimberley just touched me on such a deep, profound level that it imprinted on my psyche 100%. Um, I'd heard my mum's own birth stories and I'd always thought about, I wonder how that's going to imprint on me and my future views towards birth. And she'd had a difficult first birth with my brother and then fairly, you know, simple with me. But I never thought into it very deeply. So the culture of here, which is so much about being on country and um, singing and dancing and finding out who you are through connection with nature and everything. So that was my journey right through until um, I was 30 when I, I unexpectedly fell pregnant with my first child. Um, I'd left an abusive relationship, terribly domestic violence kind of stuff, and met um, someone who became a close friend. And one time we conceived a child. <laughs> this child was so crazy. But suddenly I was pregnant and I was thrust into this world of complete unknown. And so all those feelings that I remembered from having those conversations with those women came flooding back into me going, this is natural. You know how to do this. You're going to do this regardless. My daughter's father decided when I was nine weeks pregnant, he was going to leave town. So suddenly I was alone, um, pregnant with a flood of joy and elation and also absolute sheer terror. How the heck was I going to single parent? 
all my family were back in Melbourne. I had friends in Broome, but Broome's very transient and coming and going. So somehow I found the strength in me from the imprints that I'd had put on me, with me with those women, just going, okay, this is a rite of passage. From talking with them, I understood that birth was going to be an initiation into a deeper, higher aspect of myself. So I embraced that 100%. Every time I started to lose my way and get really, really down, I just remembered, this is a path you're meant to be on. Um, just embrace this. So as soon as her father said, I'm leaving, it's like, okay, I was like, done, go. I've just got to get on with this kind of thing. Um, and a bit of background is me, like as a young person growing up, I was incredibly shy, didn't have much confidence unless I was um, dancing as a dancer. My comfort space was on stage. I was quite a... Um, I don't know, always left of centre kind of person, very quirky, different. So I didn't fit in in many places, but on the stage I, I fit it in. And so I just found my resilience in being on my own and I had spent quite a long time on my own before I fell pregnant anyway. Oh, and I had three dogs. So <laughs> pregnant and the house that I was renting, um, the lady said, I'm selling the house, you'll have to move out. So kind of fast forward a few months and I was like, 25 weeks pregnant and I had nowhere to live and I had three dogs but I had a Toyota that had a roof rack and I had a swag so I spent the majority of my pregnancy either sleeping on the roof of my car at the beach with my three dogs because no one wanted to accommodate a pregnant woman and three dogs so I fluctuated between sleeping on the roof of my car which you can do in Broome like Broome is beautiful it's a place yeah. for you know people really so I was very blessed and it was the weather was good um and occasionally I could stay at someone's house or house sit so I did that for quite mm -hmm. some time I had the violent ex-partner coming in and out of my life which was very difficult to feel a sense of safety um I was I'd got into belly dancing when I came to Broome so before I fell pregnant I was actually teaching belly dancing yeah belly is absolutely the dance of the womb when I was 25, I got pregnant at 30. At 25, I started belly dancing. And as soon as I went to that class, it just pulled all my focus and my energy into my womb. I was just like, whoa. Wow. That became a very personal practice. Besides teaching belly dancing, I would dance on my own um, anywhere, any place, around a fire, under a tree, wherever. And I felt myself connecting to a power I had in me, which I never knew before existed and that enabled me during my pregnancy again to find my center connect with my ultimate power and use that to ground and center me and feel really strong apart from mentally emotionally spiritually feeling good when I was practicing that dance it also enabled my body to remain um, supple and strong and move and condition my body in a way that felt when I was pregnant, just felt like the right thing to do, you know, just like keeping all the energy flowing through the area and massaging baby in the womb. And anytime I got stiff or achy, I would move my body with the belly dancing and it, it unleashed the tension that was being built up through the emotional stuff that was going on. So that was pretty much my savior um, when I felt like oh you know I just wasn't going to cope I'd reconnect to myself through that so that's that self-care 
um, was really, really important because I was so terrified. I was so terrified on so many levels. Everything outside of me just felt like a big fat mess, but I just felt like everything inside me was exquisite and beautiful and sensual and alive. And I just had to keep anchoring back into that. So I, I ultimately became my own doula. I had to doula myself through this whole experience. Yeah. I isolated, had no friends because being in a violent relationship, as many women will know, you push everybody away, you know, and you mm -hmm. cut people off. So I was quite alone. Um, and so I had to be my own best friend. I had my dogs and um, I knew people, but not well enough to confide in. So I pushed through all that and I managed to get a house for six weeks before I gave birth to my daughter. Wow. Uh, actually connected with a couple of women that were yoga teachers. I was a bit of a yogi as well. Learned, loved the feeling of stretching and breathing. Um, and I actually asked them to be my birth support in my birth. So suddenly I had a home. I connected with these people and I created, created a space. Um, you know, Broome's an incredibly powerful community. It's a very strong feminine community. Um, but if you're in the kind of headspace where you don't reach out and connect with people, you're not going to. I was not open to connecting to my own detriment. A lot of the time I was just like, no, nah, I'll do this on my own. I'll do it on my own, do it on my own. I realised later that was a bad thing to do. Um, so I felt suddenly that I had people there to support me through my birth, so it was going to be okay, so I could let go a little bit. and. Then the antenatal classes started and, you know, you rock up to these classes and everyone's there with their partners and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I go in and there's all these questions going around the, um, the room and asking all the standard kind of questions about pain relief and everything. And I, I chip in as per usual in all classes I go to. But what if and how about if you want to do that instead of that? So this particular midwife that was running the classes, I connected with her. She's cut looking at me like, okay, I was edging towards, you know, I just wanted to have an undisturbed birth. And what if you don't want to do that? What if you don't want to do that? What if you don't want people in the room with you? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I remember feeling a sense of connection with this woman in that class. Um, fast forward to when I went into labor um, and I went into the hospital. And back then we didn't have an MGP program. You know, the midwifery group practice was not mm -hmm. running. It was whoever was there at the time. And I walk in and this particular woman, Debbie, was there. And I was just like, oh, like this enormous sense of relief and trust because yeah. I felt even exchanging too much. Personally, I felt a deep connection and trust with her. So I just surrendered, took myself into the birth suite, into the pool, into the didn't have pool, uh, bath and just stayed there. And she was wonderful just left me to myself and I remember being in that bath laboring and seeing those women that I'd spoken to all those years ago back when I was 22 23 standing around me and I, I had this vision that I was just holding onto this tree I was holding onto the bars in the bath but holding onto this tree and these women were just standing around me just quietly supporting me and suddenly mm. that circle of women grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And I got this massive sense that there was this like globally, there was all these women standing around me as I birthed. And I was like that thing of like right now, elsewhere, there are other women giving birth exactly the same time. And so I channeled my mind and my energy into that frequency. 
funny thing about when I went into labor, I was eating a tub of Sara Lee ultra chocolate ice cream, watching a documentary yeah. on the big Bang, and I felt it could clunk and my waters release like, like in the movies. <laughs> beginning of my labor and the first thing I did is I got up and I started circling my hips and doing figure eights and stuff like that and went to the hospital got checked yeah and then went back home and hopped in the bath at home until things got really intense and friend picked me up and took me um so the images I had in my mind during my birth were the things I had in my subconscious about my birth came forth which is something that does happen we all have that stuff and my self-talk through my birth as well was really, really powerful because I didn't have, like I, I teach as a doula now that your partner needs to love you fiercely. What makes you feel safe and loved and supported and sensual and powerful and passionate? I didn't have any of that. I had to give that to myself. And that comes back to that belly dancing practice and self-care practice. I had to love myself so fiercely. I had to be my own lover. I had to keep my sensuality and my power and my passion alive because I knew that that was going to be the energy that was going to bring my baby down. And so in my birth, I came back to, I kept coming back to that, you know, and talking to myself in a way I would have wanted someone else to speak to me as well. Mm. And I think that's just whether we've got, you know, someone there or whether we're on our own. Um, and I did. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I was so chilled in the water. And as soon as I got out of the water and I'd been in there for my birth is only like four and a half hours, but I got out of the water and I was just all wrinkly and I hopped onto the bed and suddenly, you know, I was obviously in transition. There was just this big long, ah, you know, anyway. and every, every surge was like that, ah, like Pavarotti kind of thing. Um, and suddenly, you know, I had my two friends there. They peered through the doors and was like, I was waiting for them. They peered through the door and I linked my arms around each of their neck and went into a squat position and, and birthed my baby and, and just roared her out. What was happening during those moments of going, eh, <laughs> uh, I felt like I was releasing all the trauma that I had experienced through mm. the time leading having my baby, all the fears and stuff. It was like just a whale a releasing again in um, Aboriginal culture here when women are grieving there's a wailing that they do which is so powerful I felt like the vocalization was a really really powerful way to release things that needed to come out mentally emotionally physically spiritually um, so that was happening and, and the more I did that the more obviously more endorphins I released and I became more euphoric and higher and more powerful and there was this sudden realization as most of us do in transition, like the veil between life and death feels so thin. And so you can't do it. And there's enormous amount of like fear, elation, something happens. And I remember that moment and just almost like you're facing you between two worlds, between spirit world and this world, which is ultimately what your baby's doing. Your baby's manifested into this beautiful physical beings about to come through Earthside, and all those feelings were happening and again for me I came back I just remember feeling gratitude during those moments of um, the connection that I had found in myself from the connection I'd found on country and the connection that I'd found with the women that I'd met you know the birth stories I'd heard were powerful and positive 
Um, unlike I know a lot of experienced women coming and saying awful things to them and planting seeds in their psyche about birth. I hadn't had that. I think I just put a bubble around myself or something, but I'd only heard good stuff. And I just remember being incredibly grateful. Mm. What was in my subconscious was now my past, the trauma from that ex-partner, but what was in my subconscious about my body and about birth was really positive and powerful. And that came forward. You know, when you're in your intuitive brain, which I completely was, um, following my instincts and my intuition through my pregnancy and through my birth, um, just followed my instincts and intuition. I wrote during my pregnancy, I wrote so much. I would just go and sit at the beach and just write and write and write. And if there was fears and stuff, process and, okay, anything that I was afraid of, I inquired about it's like why where's this fear coming from you know for me it was about the cord around the neck i think because i'm quite a claustrophobic person i need space or any kind of sign of look at my shirt just breathe um <laughs> any you know to breathe well was a threat to me into my life so obviously i was you know projecting that onto the baby so i looked into it and realized that nuchal cords are more common there's more babies born with nuchal cords than there are um, not. It's like, oh, okay. And then looked at the vessels and how the blood flows. So I investigated everything to make sure it was not something I had to worry about. And then visualized the cord not being around my baby and visualized, you know, the free flowing oxygen and blood through me to my baby. So any fear that came up, I alchemized it by creating a positive thought and I alchemized it by coming back into my body. And I think that was the powerful thing about the dance and the yoga was it was my place of alchemy. I became my own alchemist. All that, that anger, fear, pain and trauma, I alchemized by using love and gratitude. I alchemized it by using powerful body work just through movement, you know, like with belly dancing, it's a little shimmying and shaking and stuff, which helps you release things from your cells. And um, so whenever something came up, I had to find a way to acknowledge it and love it. Like we do with our children. You know, if our children are scared, we don't push them away. We wrap them up in our arms and we make them feel safe and loved. So it's the same thing with us when we're birthing is we need to hold ourselves with so much love and make ourselves feel as safe as we can. And I had to do that because I didn't have anyone else to do that. So it was actually such a gift. All that crappy stuff that happened was such a gift for me to then go in to have this birth experience. So once I'd had that powerful, positive birth experience, I was like unstoppable. I just wanted to stand on top of a mountain and go, women are amazing. Do you know what we can do? This is powerful. You yeah. Know? Um, and... I walked out, we had rain for 21 days straight after my daughter was born. We had a cyclone category five, like um, five weeks when she was five weeks old and stuff like that. Anyway, I was alone with this new baby. My mum come up for three weeks and that was amazing. But when she left, I was just like, okay, now what do I do? And fell into a little bit of a black hole. And again, because I didn't have a, um, a support network and I didn't know people and because I felt like, a strange person that wanted to have these incredibly deep conversations and talk about, you know, alchemy and belly dancing and what you can do and spirit and all the rest of it. Um, I, I isolated myself again. I knew there was mum's groups, but I didn't want to talk about crams. I, I was a single mum and I had no money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wasn't, where I was so courageous in myself, I wasn't courageous enough to put myself out there and find people in the community that thought um, the same way I did or that I could feel safe with. And I'm pretty sure that's just a hangover from my trauma with the ex. It was just like, you know, most people were not to be trusted because, you know, there could be a threat to my well-being that I'd created in myself. So I kind of soldiered on by myself. And again, as a blessing and a curse at the same time, because as a single mum, I, I decided when I wanted to feed, when I wanted to sleep, uh, I co-slept, I breastfed her till she was three. Um, I did what I wanted when I wanted to do. I didn't need to meet the needs of anybody else. Um, I was incredibly sad that I didn't have someone to share the joy with, you know, those first giggles and all that beautiful stuff. Um, I was okay at coping with the hard stuff that I grieved from not having someone to share the beauty with, which is what we want to do. Isn't it? Like joy is amplified when you can share it. Um, so, but I did it, I soldiered on and it, it was tough. You know, and having had um, children later with a partner, I can compare how my experience was. So when I work now with women that are single parents, I can reassure them that as a single mum, you you're going to be okay, but you just need to let um, yourself meet people and be with people because isolation can lead to depression, which is what I found out later on with my next two children. You know, when we're lonely and we don't have a sense of community or network, then we can start to slip into that loneliness and that depression um, and feeling unsupported and unloved. Um, yeah, again, so I had to, I duel with myself, postpartum duel with myself through, through my, um, those years. And, and I did was you know what a doula was at this time? Like, had you heard of doulas and things? Or are you discovering this later when you've become a doula that, oh, yes. all of that stuff I was doing? Yes, and funnily enough, the woman whose house I was living in, she had a cat. Her name was Doula, and I never <laughs> asked her. What. That was it was kind of like this whole journey of being pulled to broom, not knowing why I came here, and not knowing anybody, and then suddenly, you know, the, I'm living my life's purpose and passion now. Yeah. Back then, I had no idea. But I was in a house with a cat called Doula, and I fell pregnant in a house, and then suddenly, <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. I knew of a woman that had um, given birth at home out um, like out in the bush near Cable Beach somewhere with someone that was kind of a midwife. And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing. And I remember sitting in the bath in the hospital, like I was hanging onto a tree with those women around me, just going, next time I birth, I'm going to be at home. I just want to do this at home. So that's what I did, you know, like eight years later, um, I was pregnant with my second child. I'd, I'd met my husband. We weren't married then, but we had a child together. And um, I had a friend who'd been coming to my, I started teaching yoga. When my daughter was two, um, I started teaching yoga. I've been doing my yoga teacher training. And my, actually my first daughter experience was for um, a friend. Um, I don't know if it's okay to talk about stuff that could yeah. be triggering. On, but yeah. yeah. I'll just uh, put it in the episode description that we've spoken about it, yeah. My first, apart from being a doula for my dog when she gave birth to her puppies, um, my first doula experience was for my friend um, at eight months pregnant, her baby passed away. And she, my daughter was two at the time, and she contacted me and said, "I, I need love and support to get through this. Will you come and be with me? I was like, of course. 
so my first dual experience was with the stillbirth um, and just so incredibly grateful that she invited me to share that journey with her. You know, it, the sorrow that she had to go through was really intense. But again, she needed to be loved fiercely. She needed to be safe. She still had to go through, you know, labour and everything. Um, and I, I never, ever imagined that I would find myself in that situation. But again, I think because of um, trauma that I'd experienced and learnt to heal and love myself through that enabled me to help her go through that as well. Um, yeah, just the, the courage that women have is just blows me away continuously how we we dig so deep into ourselves find the strength like we don't know exactly how powerful we are until we have to do it you know and then we just we just do it um and so that wasn't a moment where i went okay i'm going to be a birth doula that was i was just called to do that and then i was teaching um yoga and i had pregnant and come to my class and so through teaching a yoga, I then became pregnancy yoga class, an extra class that I taught. And then um, these women would say, would you support me in my birth? Will you help me prepare for my birth and all the rest of it? So again, it called me into that. You make you know, intimate connections with people and you develop a sense of trust through connection and intimacy. And it just seems like the right thing to do, no matter how or where you meet them. Mm -hmm. It's when you meet these bright people and when I had um Cassie I was pregnant with Cassie a friend of mine who'd been coming to my pregnancy yoga classes was a midwife and she said there's someone coming from the UK and they're going to be presenting at the hospital for doctors and midwives uh, a workshop about water birth and home birth would you like to come yep I was eight weeks pregnant went and as soon as they started the presentations it's like oh I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm doing this um, and fortunately, we had a home birth midwife in Broome. And so that was my journey then. I, I prepared myself to birth my baby at home. And I did. And it was exquisite. I was 39. So, um, no, 38, 38, almost 39. And, you know, so I copped all the, do you realize that you're an older mum, what we classify as a geriatric mother? And I was like, you see? <laughs> um, you know, and. And how did you combat that? Like just, you know, for other people listening who might hear yeah. that same stuff said to them, what, what did you say back to be like, yeah, I've got you this. Know what? Birth gave me the power to find my voice in that raw, that raw that I had mm. in my first birth. I found my voice. I found my voice. And so when I got spoken to in that way, I would say to them, my fears are not your fears. I'm not afraid. My body is strong and healthy and it's healthier now than it probably ever has been. And I also don't think it's okay for you to speak to me like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, I'm backwards and coming forwards. And I think for the work that I do now as a doula, it's like really important for a woman to find her voice, to not be afraid. You know, we grow up in a culture where often we have good girl syndrome. We break out of it. We get into our 20s and 30s and we get fierce and then we're put into this little room, usually with a, a, a man, and we very easily sit back into that good girl syndrome. And it's detrimental mm. to our, um, our sovereignty in our body. Like sovereignty begins in birth. 
so it, it was that. So I guess like any time I was met and confronted by one of these patriarchal um, system holders, I was I was triggered to stand up for myself and just go, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hardest words of um, for us women to say is no, because we like to people please. We like to care and nurture and love. And it comes from intentions of love. But we have to, we have to stand up for ourselves and find our voice because if we don't, we get put on a conveyor belt and pushed through a system. We hand our power over. And as soon as we hand our power over, we don't have as much power in our bodies in our birth. Yeah. So absolutely. And and I saw it and I almost I would prepare myself every time, like, you know, as a home birth mum, I didn't have to go. I think twice I had to see a doctor. And it's just to check in with them. So if you needed to transfer, they knew who you were and all the rest of it. But each, each time I went in with a smile on my face and I waited for it and they'd start to talk and they'd start to run a lot of statistics about my age. My second son came 17 months after my first birth. Um, both were water births at home. Cassie's birth was 1.5 hours. Like, wow. It was an, I thought it was 55 minutes. It was ridiculously fast. But both times, I was made to feel like oh, my body was surely not going to be able to do this because I was 39, 40. And, you know, both times I was made to feel like I was risking my life and my child's life and all the rest of it. And I just sat and smiled and crossed my arms and said, have you finished? I respect what you're trying to do, but I also need you to know that your fear is not my fear at all. Oh, my body, I'm feeling fantastic. It's okay. Thank you. But no, thank you. Yeah. Who knows? Um, when both those births were, were just just beautiful. It was beautiful home birth, and big advocate for women having um, a birth undisturbed their way. How whatever that looks like for some women, it's having no one else in the room and the midwife of the door and myself like pulling back and being almost blending into the walls and being a gentle whisper in the ear. Other women want more presence more people more attention it's whatever works for the woman because everyone is so uniquely different um so creating that now as a doula creating that space that home birth space in the hospital as well is something that i'm really passionate about what happens when we go into the hospital is we have to hold our power we have to know what we want and to be unapologetic about wanting what you want because if we if we sacrifice what we want then we're giving away our power you know it's understanding that there is yes there is policy but that is just policy and understanding that your needs and your desires your heart your mind your spirit if we sever any aspect of a woman in birth we often can leave her feeling broken and disconnected. You know, we have our babies. Yeah. So um, it's really, really important to make sure that a woman feels heard, that she feels seen, that she feels acknowledged and honoured and respected. And um, that's, that's what I, I see when I go into birth with women now. It's like you do the work, you prepare yourself, you're full of knowledge, you have all this embodied knowledge anyway, like within our bodies, we've got all this wisdom and if we can spend our pregnancies tapping into the wisdom of that and understanding how powerful we are, 
you go into the space with that and then you simply let your body unfold undisturbed as much as possible as soon as we start to um, disturb a woman's mind and her heart and her spirit it, it changes the direction in which her body unfolds in the same way you know if a woman and a partner are making love and in the middle of it you just come in and just go I'm just going to take your blood pressure don't mind me you just keep doing what you're doing like, <laughs> yeah right okay yeah <laughs> I'm just going to um, check the length of your penis at the moment that's okay and then we're just doing what you're doing you know, so all those different little things. And, of course, there's necessity. Of course, there's times when things necessarily need to be done. But um, holding your space inside yourself, and that comes back to that. Um, and it's self-care. You know, it's, it's the way that we um, nourish our bodies. It's the way that we breathe. It's the way that we move. It's the way that we think. You know, um, our thoughts and our breath are our two most powerful tools in birth, like keeping your mind focused on your breath and keeping your mind focused because wherever your mind focuses, that's where your energy goes. Getting that to work together um, changes things. And that was my experience in, in my birth. In all three of them, it was like whenever the fears came up, the self-talk that I had in my mind helped me come back to that place of um, surrender and place of power, you know, being feeling safe enough to be able to surrender to the total power that I was feeling. Um, again, like in, in Broome, it's a, such a, it's a small town. When I first came here, it was 7,500. I think now it's like 17,000. Yeah, wow. But we're like five hospitals. So for women birthing here, we labour at home as long as possible and then we can transfer to the hospital that's five minutes away like literally mm. it's like you can ring them and say can you run the bath we're coming in which is wonderful and, and we is it a big hospital or is it a small low-risk unit no yeah yeah so we've got like two birth rooms that's yep. it two okay. birth suites and very small unfortunately and they were built uh and brand new when i had my daughter in 2000 so we are ready for an upgrade. We do yeah. need more. Where we're lacking in the facilities, we have an incredible team like the MGP, the Midwifery Group Practice. They provide that continuity of care. So a woman will contact them when she's um, pregnant and be assigned a particular midwife and that midwife will be who sees her, you know, and they usually work in a team of two as well. So they get to know the woman really well and her partner and do home visits. Thank God all this COVID stuff in Broome is like whew, moving away. Um, mm. We didn't have here really anyway. But that continuity of care is, is wonderful. So when a woman turns up at the hospital, her midwife will be called in and she'll get to see her. That's great. Um, yeah, we don't have, um, you know, water birth facilities, although we do have a bath and lots of babies accidentally arrive in those <laughs> bath accidentally on purpose uh, arrive in those bars anyway so we we are desperately in need for an upgrade to accommodate because our population here and Broome's so fertile it's just such a fertile town there's pregnant women everywhere and babies <laughs> everywhere quite a young town really um yeah and you said um, it's so quite a feminine town as well before so does that mean there's a lot of support for women or um 
things available to and occurring for women when you say that or yes so absolutely I was just bumped into a mum on the beach yesterday actually and and her baby's now seven weeks she was coming to my classes and I said hey going she goes great she goes I just feel so supported they've got these great women's groups like they connect they meet whether it's you know at my classes they meet and form connections and then catch up later after they've had their babies or we have a um, place here called room circle Silk yep. House and they provide new mums groups as well and a midwife comes in and talks and um, to them about different things that they might need to discuss. Is that so, a government thing or is that something that the community has created, Broom Circle? Yeah, but it's, it's funded, uh, Circle House. Like I, I taught there years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they survive on funding, although the women have to, I think it's through community health that we yep. have here in yeah so there's a network here for women with babies and it's even more so now like I never saw that years ago but it seems to be women are really coming together and supporting each other in a really mm. really beautiful um and we do have programs set up to support women as well like in you know like the first fourth trimester I think for the first six to eight weeks as well Circle House provides those groups where they can get together and talk and discuss and, and breastfeeding right. things like that as well so at the hospital um, they have an antenatal class but they also have a breastfeeding workshop as well so they can talk through things that they might come up um, against when they're first starting the breastfeeding um, with COVID they weren't allowed to run the antenatal classes and they're still not. So they've offered a free hypnobirthing class online for the women. So that's been Great. really fantastic. Oh, yeah. So we are really blessed here in Broome. We do have really good services. And because things are really small and you, you go to a park, there's not that many parks in Broome. And if you're a mum on your own, you'll very easily meet new mums and make connections. Or super, there's only two supermarkets here as well. So you'll bump into people and... Um, the friendships are formed quite easily. And I think because Broome's so transient, we've, we've all got into a habit of reaching out and saying, you know, hello and, and making that effort to communicate. Um, again, I, with my two babies that I had afterwards, I, I didn't. I was in another complicated relationship and I isolated myself. I just didn't cope very well. Um, you know, it took me probably maybe they were two and three when I finally got myself out and found a community of friends that had children as well. Um, and that made a big difference. It's really, really essential to have community around you. Yeah. And for some people it's easier than other, others really. I mean, we, with our climate here, we can be outdoors a lot. So going to a park um, is a lot easier. Yeah. So that's my story. And yeah, it's it's a pretty incredible story as well. Like um it almost sounds with your first birth like you went on a bit of a shamanic kind of journey inward. Mm. That's like truly powerful. You <laughs> what you've described there. I it reminds me of um Danielle Arabena, she's a doctor from Queensland and she described that she did an online workshop where 
she took women on a journey to grandmother tree and this image of women standing around a tree actually is really connecting to that um what she walked women through and for you to experience that just innately as an experience that rose up in your mind i i find that fascinating and um yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing that part um it sounds like as well that being a rural woman it does transform your birthing journey but for you rather than like having maybe limitations projected upon you and buying into those you've created your own narrative of possibility and it also seems like that narrative of possibilities in birth is something that lives in broom in quite a rich way and other rural communities could probably learn a lot from what is going on in broom and adopt some of that stuff because it would be great to have rural birth associated with the word possibility as opposed to limitation yeah Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, it, having the conversations or allowing women to to talk, I think that innate, like my, my classes are called Womb Wisdom, and it's because that innate wisdom and power and passion and sensuality and vitality is, is there. We have, we have this vessel inside us, but it's, it's accessing at that and not being afraid to access it. And, you know, it's often seen as woohoo and... Um, I think that was the beautiful thing about coming to Broome is because of the spiritual culture within Aboriginal culture, it's not woohoo. It's just a fact of life. It just is. And it's, it's, it's part of nature and the connection comes to, it's actually really grounded. And the more connected you are to that um, spirit, the more grounded you feel. So it's that not being afraid to talk about your feelings and in all honesty, like if I hadn't have had my birth experiences, like with my second and third child, because of the depression I went into, anytime I got really, really low, I remembered the power that I had in my birth. I remembered the love and the oxytocin that I had in those births. And that's what pulled me out of that slump and got me going again. It's like, come on, Mel, you're strong. This is just another mountain to climb. Like in birthing, it feels like mountains, bellies, mountains, bellies. Mm. Um, another way for me to keep surging forward and I can I can imagine if for women that have come through birth and haven't it always comes back down to the way a woman was treated no matter how a birth unfolds working with women in all kinds of different birth scenarios what makes a difference for them coming out the other side feeling loved and feeling um, proud and positive about their birth was the way in which they were treated did they feel like they were being loved and respected and were they spoken to in a way that was honouring and making them feel like this is still a beautiful, sacred event? Regardless, the portal of new life is a portal through your vagina, is it through your belly? Either way, it's still a portal to new life and it still needs to be treated with such love and dignity and respect. Mm. And there the birth is still come out the other side just going, it was amazing, this is how I birthed my baby. And I'm so glad because my baby's here safe and I'm well. Those conversations need to happen, you know, like I think we're living in a culture and a world where we don't talk about things that happen that don't feel good, that are not right, you know, in, in thought, in word, in action comes together in our birth experience. It, it is the most sacred, profound human experience, giving birth. And it needs to be honoured and treated with the utmost dignity and respect. 
and for women to be treated with the utmost dignity and respect because we are the carriers and the bringers of new life. So being acknowledging that in yourself and then embodying that, I think we have to, we have to find that in ourselves first and we hold that space and then we get our partners on board if we have a partner to help hold that space around us as well. And then I see those women walk into the hospitals and that space is so clear. There's this energy around the couple and the birthing woman that just is so loud and so clear and so bright that suddenly they're just, they're, it changes the way you watch them walk into the room and it's like, oh, this is really beautiful, you know. So if you want your birth to be a particular way, hold the space, the way your room looks the way your room smells the sounds all those things that are going to stimulate and activate the pleasure centers of your brain can change the way you feel in your body when you're birthing your baby if they're things that aggravate irritate frustrate scare you then of course it's going to activate all those you know responses that trigger adrenaline and stress hormones and that will change the way your birth feels as well it starts with us it starts yeah. with the way that we think and then we have to be um, lionesses and we have to find our voice and our growl and not be ashamed of that. That's, that's the pivotal point, absolutely. And sometimes and it's, it's easy to forget as we're uh, approached by uh, medical professionals who are birth workers mm. and um, they don't always come with that open-mindedness of the woman is the one with the power in this situation. Sometimes it can feel quite oppressive and you can have locked that away in yourself. But if you wouldn't mind going into a bit more detail for people who don't really know what a doula is, because some people haven't heard of doulas. Um, and I, I was really fortunate. I first heard of a doula when I watched Ricky Lake's documentary, The Business of Being Born, and then was like, oh, what a world of potential, because they're kind of in my non not being a dual interpretation of it that the people who remind you it's not like it's not in you um but they just help reopen those doors and um they will hold that space for you and they'll do the debriefing that might not occur uh in other scenarios with you but if you wouldn't mind um sharing a bit about the potential that a doula can open up for birth um that would be amazing absolutely so when i was um first asked to be doula with my friend um and then the future doula experiences and i still hadn't called myself a doula then um was women coming to class and just said will you just will you be with me you know like can you come over and talk so I began my doula journey by sitting down and just and just listening just like so how do you feel about birth you know finding out getting them to excavate into their own heart and mind and spirit and body about how they really really felt about birth and what was their true heart's desire for birth how do they want to feel in their birth what what things I guess it was that again like through being a yoga teacher and a belly dance teacher and it was all about embodiment so for me, there's many different kinds of doulas, but for me as a doula, it was about helping the women to become embodied, feeling, feeling good in their body, and then understanding how a physiological birth works. Because even in our antenatal class at the hospital, we don't really go, we treat birth as a pathological thing. Mm -hmm. We don't go into 
physiology side of it and the the mental emotional spiritual aspect of it and how that helps birth unfold as well so i usually um sit down and, and, and talk with the mum and and talk about what she will listen to what she wants and how she wants to feel and how she visualizes birth and then meet with the partner as well and get on board and, and ask how they feel about it and what how they imagine it what's 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 their thoughts and images they actually have a birth and usually it's you know media driven because you know in a western culture what we see on tv so i work together with with them as a couple understanding and remembering as you said it's about remembering what is actually in our cells and what is actually in our dna for thousands and thousands of years that we have the ability, that innate ability to birth our babies. And so it's about going on a bit of a journey of self-discovery in preparation um, to birth the baby and making those connections within themselves as they prepare to birth themselves as parents. Because ultimately, we as women, when we birth our babies, we're rebirthing ourselves. We're rebirthing and we meet someone we've never met before and that's the new version of ourselves. Like I remember that moment of giving birth just going, now I'm a mum, I'm a completely different person to who I was yesterday. So it's preparing for all of that. So it's the mental, emotional, physical preparation for birth and what does the landscape in your mind right now look like and how would you like that landscape to look? What can we do to make it align? It's about alignment about everything aligning with you because ultimately that's that's your birthright it's bringing mm. things into alignment with yourself it doesn't have to be the way that society says that it is it's got to come from you completely so i i am there to remind women that they're incredibly strong and powerful i'm there i do a couples class as well um there to remind the dads that they bring into all the partners um, that they bring into the birth something that no doula, no midwife or anybody else can bring and that is the depth of love and intimacy and connection that no one else has. The fact that um, the woman reaches for her partner and inhales them and triggers those pheromones and triggers the oxytocin and I show them that in class that like, this is what's going to happen when she's in that powerful surge who inhale you. Them knowing that suddenly the partner feels an enormous sense of purpose and not yeah. redundant and understands that all they have to do is love and support and be tender and to listen and to feel. Lots of people say like with men, they're not intuitive, but I, I see men in the birth space just so intuitive, like just, just listening and feeling. So they are rebirthing themselves, these men. Suddenly they become these more sensitive, intuitive which is really important on the other side of like having a baby. So it's, it's, it's a deep intimate journey that I usually go on with my clients and their partner to understand that connection. Um, the body work, the remembrance and just how powerful like moving your body in a whole new way, because when you're, you're birthing, you move your body in a whole new way. It's a massive movement. Um, as a yoga and dance teacher, um, exploring the sensations of stretching your body and moving your body out of its comfort zone um, and breath work um, do a lot of breath work in preparation for 
expanding and opening up the body and helping to deal with intensity and uncomfortable feelings, be it physical, mental or emotional, and help alchemize that as well and produce all those hormones that we need. So I meet with them as often. I actually don't have a strict thing because we're five minutes away here in Broome. So it's like going to park, going to catch up and we have a chat. So it's usually... Yep really relaxed or we'll go for a long beach walk or sit at homes wherever they feel comfortable so I'm in a unique um situation here I guess in that that sense it's so close and women can connect with you online as well can't they yes yeah yeah so during you know I'd never done the online thing before I've ter I'm, I'm 50 now um I'm terrible with technology so the whole thing of like trying to do things online and, you know, set up a website and do all these other things, it just, it's been very slow. I've got Instagram now. I'm still not using it to its full potential <laughs> or Facebook because all my clients and all my students in my classes I've met in Broome. It's been word of mouth or it's been contacting that way, but needing to outreach to women. Now I have, um, clients in Catherine and Alice Springs and Kununurra and Melbourne and, and in Perth as well. So it's being able to reach out and beyond Broome and offer services and, and give my offerings outside of Broome as well because the intimacy and connection that I've discovered through doing the online stuff now through COVID was that I can still reach out and be that gentle whisper or still be... Mm. the person helps them find their voice and remember you know like they say that um I, I don't empower women I just remember help them to remember how powerful they are and it's it's conversations like us women we like to talk and, and connect and mm. this Zoom stuff's amazing because like you can look oh, at each other's yeah. eyes <laughs> you get someone's energy and vitality and all the rest of it as well um, so yeah they've been joining my classes I'm back in the studio and so they've been joining classes in the studio as well while I teach oh so you and have I've, zoom I've, active while you're teaching a live class as well that's such yeah. a good idea and then I offer like one-to-one -one. like I've sat down with some um, couples one-to-one -one as well just on zoom and talked and showed them some things that we can do like that as well so it's kind of unlimited yeah it, it's it's just important to maintain that connection. Um, I have said to them, the ones that have never been to my classes and are now doing Zooms, like I feel like I'm not giving you the all the royal treatment that I give, you know, in the studio. I really make sure everyone gets treated really, really well and, and try and make it within my classes. It's very much, okay, you're practising for birth and we explore all the different positions that you might possibly go into innately. Like women will just... Active birthing is women just moving with their body. Their body will just tell them to go into a position if they're not disturbed. And so we explore all those positions and we visualise and imagine working with a surge and how's that going to feel to feel it from here and expanding out your body and how can you move to um, help that power move through your body and not just focus on the intensity of it. Yeah. So we do all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I sometimes feel a bit bit sad that I can't give those that are online the same special treatment that we get in the studio. But um, they've said that, no, it's I still feel connected and it still feels intimate. So mm. which, I understand yeah. what you feel. And I also, being in a smaller town myself, I understand what they mean. Because I think, um, 
you can both recognize as living in a isolated rural place um oh well there is an element of loss like i can't have that say touch contact or things um without doing a lot of traveling <laughs> um but there is a massive gain in being able to be in your home and not having they would have to travel quite a bit further <laughs> than i would i'm about three hours from sydney uh but not having to travel three hours to say connect to a calm birth course or to connect with a doula or to connect um i i did a pelvic floor workshop online recently um and she was from new zealand and it just felt so empowering that i'm like i'm at home and i got my son to go have a nap and and then i just had this time um that it it is massive and there is an element of loss but um the gain in being able to access it and that accessibility being so localized because of the gift of the internet it, it's huge so i think that they would be filled with a sense of positivity just through accessibility and then that would be uh furthered by everything you're doing in the class which they would be getting more gains and more gains and the positive energy just will far outweigh any sense of loss for the people I think able to engage yeah. with it online. Yeah, that's a beautiful point actually. And because we do a nighttime class, like normally at the studio, they have to get in the car and drive home, and they're just like, "It's so great, Mel." I literally just roll over onto my bed and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so those things comfort, yeah. And you know, when you yeah in third trimester, it's just like, oh, now I can just lay down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention about the um, how this doula work also, you know, led me into working with women struggling with fertility and um, also with pregnancy loss, you know, through miscarriage, through IVF. Um, and, and someone else that I worked with when they were pregnant um, then was terminally ill with cancer and wanted me to doula her through, you know, going through all of that, preparing to die. So it's mm. it's just taken me into this sea an ocean of emotion of possibilities of um how at the very core of all of that is it's it's love that holds it together it's ultimately us women we want to be loved and held in a space to to heal you know to find our power and that was with um my client who's just recently had a home birth but she'd been trying for 10 years and had miscarriage after miscarriage and was going through IVF and was like, I'm starting to hate my body. I need to love my body. Can you help me love my body so I can prepare for my next round of IVF? And that's just what we did. I just do, did what I do with body work and breath and mm. yoga and head and got ready and went and fell pregnant and worked with me during her pregnancy as a doula and then had her baby at home just recently. So it's like, it's that and then to someone to come to you and to say i'm dying of cancer and i need to feel the way that i felt when i was preparing to birth it's like oh you know really yeah really half another woman just recently um found out her baby was you know, growing without kidneys and had to prepare to go and have you know lose her baby and same thing needed to do work with her and stuff like that she said do you realize that you're a death doula as well it's like i am <laughs> Mm. it's like but it, it's the same thing 
same energy, same love and same attention, I guess, to, I don't know. I don't even know if I have words for it. It's just, we just need to be loved, just need to be held in the space of love. And that's what I teach the men in the couples classes, just like just create that space as loving as you can. What makes us feel like a goddess, you know, whether we're preparing to conceive, we're preparing to birth, preparing to die, we still want to feel beautiful, loved, safe, honoured, cherished. Yeah, it's, it's profound. I still sometimes just go, wow. Melissa also wanted to share this piece that she wrote talking about how she views all women have an innate power within them. Enjoy. This I dedicate to all the women around the world and to all the women I have worked with. Woman, you are an unstoppable, phenomenal force. I watch you dig so deep and respond to the call of your womb as it sings out with deep resonant tones and ethereal light. Send me more breath, fill me with life force. I see you move beyond every single threshold you thought you had and rise to heights where you find strength you never knew existed. I watch you feel your power with every fibre of your being and witness every muscle in your body working to move your baby down. I watch you surrender to the love that pulses through your veins from your beautiful mothering heart. I watch you cry tears and break down all resistance to find the powerful and life-changing breakthrough. Mountain after mountain, valley after valley, you explore and just keep moving forward, leaving the fears behind you as you rise up again and again and again. Every powerful wave rippling through your body asks you to rise up because you are the ocean, you, a beautiful body of water bringing your baby to shore. I watch your light fill the room and change everyone in your presence. They stand in awe of your beauty and strength. I watch your courage, strength and love keep you going. Even when you are tired and want to give up, you don't. I watch you talk to yourself as a mother would talk to a child with such love, tenderness and patience. I watch you refuse to give up because you are birthing yourself into this new life with your baby. You hear the call and you answer every life-giving, love-filled breath. I watch you open this portal of new life with such power, passion and beauty. I see you moving, dancing, singing through this initiation. I see you being born as you birth your baby. I see you letting go of the maiden to become the mother. I see your courage that comes as a whisper and a sigh that surrenders all resistance and allows life to move through you. I see you connecting to your primal power that could move mountains. This magical, mystical, 
womb wisdom you hold. You are a light in this world. Carry this always. This will guide you through the rest of your life. Thank you again to Melissa for so generously sharing both her birth experiences and her experiences when working as a doula. If you want to work with Melissa, she can offer you doula support, pregnancy and couples classes, fourth trimester and postpartum support. She also has skills in belly dancing and yoga, which further enable her to open spaces for womb wisdom and enable women to flourish. You can connect with Melissa via Instagram at Melissa underscore Arnett underscore Broom or on Facebook www.facebook.com slash Melissa Arnett Broom. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to share your rural birthing story, please get in contact via Instagram rural underscore births or send me an email to ruralbirths at gmail.com. And again, thank you for listening to today's episode.